Hi, I'm Alexis Jenkins, one of the co-founders of Burgundy Fox, an e-commerce lingerie company and lifestyle brand. There are plenty of ups and downs while building a company. One of the hardest parts is moving past the limitations we make for ourselves and allow this journey to feel seamless. Welcome to Seamless, a podcast by Burgundy Fox. We're going to interview leading creative thinkers and entrepreneurs in beauty, business, and technology. Straight from the horse's mouth, you'll hear how they pushed boundaries, discovered more about themselves, and share where they are in this journey called life. Here's this week's episode. Today, we're sitting at the Wing Soho and are chatting with Anne Choquette. Anne is a thought leader and authority in shaping the national conversation about and for millennial women. Her book, The Big Life, Embrace the Mess, Work Your Side Hustle, Find a Monumental Relationship, and Become the Badass Babe You Were Meant to Be, is a guide for millennial women who are changing what it means to be powerful and successful in the world for everyone forever. Over the last 15 years, Anne brought two major young women's publications to number one across every platform. As editor-in-chief of Seventeen Magazine, Anne made the iconic fashion and beauty publication the most relevant voice for its readers. And as a part of the launch team of Cosmo Girl, she helped revolutionize teen magazines by talking openly about important emotional issues that weren't yet addressed by traditional publications. We're so excited to be sitting down with her, so take a listen. Hello, everyone. We're back for another episode. Actually, episode 25. This is perfect. It's a very special episode. Um, we have a very special guest. She is a woman that um, I found through Lever League and started following, got into her book, got into her TED Talk, and I'm just so inspired. Um, every single time I listen to your content, like I actually started a run the other day and I went for six miles. I planned on going three miles and I literally just kept going because I wanted to keep listening more to your book. Um, so that's a testimony. She really, she gets I, me moving. She gets I thought me you got moving. Lost. <laughs> yeah, like, I did. I did. You got off the plane and went for a run, and then I was like, oh, she's still not back. <laughs> Amazing. Well, so we have Anne Choquette here, who um, it was the former editor of Seventeen Magazine, which I grew up reading, and um, the author of The Big Life, which is highly recommended. I could not put it down. I you did a beautiful job too with the audio. Oh, well. thank you. Right. That's so fun. I guess you're running listening to my voice read yeah. the book. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, you so a, much. You, I know how hard and, you know, nerve-wracking that could be like here yourself. I loved it. I actually loved it. I feel like if anybody out there wants me to read the audio version of your book, I would love it. I feel like it's a whole new venture for me. I had a great time doing it. Oh, that's awesome. Amazing. <laughs> So one thing that really struck out to me, and as we were um, earlier talking about kind of the social media world, um, it can be so easy to get sucked into watching people's stories and following their feeds and thinking, wow, they have this incredible life and what do I have? Or I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Um, They're doing something bigger than I am. I'm curious, do you think it's possible to have a mind shift where you stop comparing and actually getting start getting inspired by those people and how do you do that? So this is a really um, like a tricky question that comes up all the time in my research for The Big Life that um, when you are young and hungry and ambitious and you want to make your mark on the world and you're not necessarily sure how you're going to do it. 
You spend all your time looking at other people. You're looking for role models, right? You're looking for you're looking for advisors. You're looking for a path, um, someone to model yourself after. But very often, you end up finding yourself in your friends' social media feed, people who graduated a couple of years ahead of you, maybe people who are a click or two ahead of you on the um, on the ladder at work, and you find yourself consumed by jealousy, by this, this idea. It's not even FOMO as much as it is jealousy. Why does she deserve that? I should have that. And instead of being inspiring, it drains your power. And the truth is that it's really hard to navigate around that jealousy until you have your own lane, right? Because if, until you have your own lane, you're looking over at somebody else's lane and you're saying, maybe I could do that. I could do that. That's my thing. Um, and next thing you know, she feels like you're stepping on her toes and she's, she's irritated with you. Um, but the, and it's just part of the process. I think like most of the challenge is to forgive yourself for this, these awful, dark, weird, twisty feelings and to say, okay, this is part of the process of me finding what I'm good at and what matters to me. And that, you should follow those things that feed your soul and inspire you and um, the kinds of things that you would want to spend all of your time doing and that the rewards come back to you. Um, And that's how you slowly find your lane. And it took me, um, it took me a really long time to figure out the thing that mattered to me. I started out as a an assistant and then a fact checker at the American Lawyer Magazine, which is incredibly boring and not anybody's idea of a dream job. But it got me started down the path. And then I went to go work at a teen magazine writing about legal issues for teenagers. And and it was there. And then when I went to go launch Cosmo Girl that I first started to realize how powerful it was to talk to young women about the things that mattered. But that was like my second or third job. And, and I, um, I needed to learn the nuts and bolts of how to do my work, of how to be a reporter, how to be an editor. And so um, I don't even know if I found my lane for another, maybe another job or two until um, it started to make sense. That's, yeah, it's interesting. You had to sort of grind things out and, and learn the basics and learn the foundation before you, but you were always paying attention and you were like tuned to what your energy was being gravitated towards. I mean, you can get easily distracted, right? Or think that somebody else's path is supposed to be your path. Um, and that's, you just have to go back to the things that matter to you and that give you meaning. And it's not, it's so funny. Everybody's like, I want to find a career that feels like my passion. And I actually don't believe in that. I don't believe in finding your passion. Um, I think it will find you, but I think that if you set the bar so high that you'll be paralyzed and you'll never get there. And um, the more important thing is to focus on what matters to you. And you know those things from the time that you are a 16-year-old girl sitting in your bedroom dreaming about what your big life is going to be like. Um, and it doesn't have to be huge and lofty, right? Fun is meaningful and adventure is meaningful and friendship and collaboration is meaningful. And those are the kinds of things that you want to think about bringing into your life. It's, I agree with you 100% in, in all of that. And I think that also kind of 
pushes yourself in understanding what your authentic self is, right? Like who you are, what your ethos, um, your core values. You know, mm -hmm. my core values are what basically runs my, my life. And I know uh, if I'm making the right decision or the wrong decision based off of those values. And, you know, millennials, which you are definitely an authority of, they, they love authenticity, right? That's something that they're craving and that they um, appreciate. And so for brands and women developing personal brands, do you think there is a, a balance or potentially even an issue with oversharing and you know just being your true authentic self? Like what does that look like? So I actually think more than authenticity, the key is transparency, right? That that um, everybody can see through highly crafted marketing messages, fake fake missions just for the purpose of selling product. Um, everybody, our our BS detectors are really sharp. Um, because we're so surrounded by nonstop messages all the time. But the transparency piece is actually one of the most interesting, um, interesting things that millennials have gifted us. And this idea that um, it doesn't have to be a closed door meeting, that you should show the rough parts of your life as opposed to, and the highly polished parts of your life. Um, everybody wants that like Instagrammy high fives perfect like Valencia filter life and yet um, too much if you're putting too much of that out into the world and you're not showing the struggle the behind the scenes the dark stuff you're not being honest with people about those things they'll tune out nobody wants nobody wants to live in your fantasy world you probably do but nobody else does and so, um, but transparency to me is so interesting, particularly salary transparency, um, because I think we all should be transparent about our salaries with our tribe and with our friends as much as you can be with your coworkers. Um, and I think that's going to get us all closer to equal pay. But very often the senior executives at work think that that's TMI. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there are a lot of tricky, I think, I mean, frankly, my message to the senior executives are like, that's, you should get on board. The first time a, a peer of mine asked me to ballpark my salary for her, I, my jaw fell open. I was like, I'm not doing that. Why would you ask me that? Like, I was stunned. I, 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 right. <laughs> I texted my husband, can you believe this? And I, I actually, um, I sat with it for a couple of days and I gave her sort of a half an answer. But if she asked me again, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, it took me a really long time to realize the value in that level of transparency. However, there's another kind of transparency that um, I've, I have actually not been a fan of. And this I feel because this is the seamless podcast. This is an okay place to talk about it. But one of the things that stuns me um, that the millennial women who I have interviewed told me is that it's very common to talk about calling out sick when you get your period. I'm sorry? Yeah. <laughs> they call out sick. Mm -hmm. They say, I'm going to take the day. I've got cramps. I've got my period. And I, as a manager, I never heard that. I know I would be appalled when that happens. And I think when you ask me about when does transparency become too much, mm -hmm. that to me, your manager doesn't need to know. Right. That's why you're taking the day. Right. Um, and I understand in the world about wanting to be 
this is uh, to be your most authentic self. This is what's happening <laughs> to be you. Honest and... But I, but as a manager, um, I think there have to be some lines. I, I've never, <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard that one. That's that's interesting, and I personally, I think that's you know a, a private matter as well. Um, but I do agree with you with um, the wage wage transparency. It, it's interesting because when I talk to my parents about it or you know my father's colleagues or it's a it's a very generational like no 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 that's your that's your secret like you keep that in your back pocket you don't share that with anyone and it's hard especially as a woman of color if I'm going to benchmark myself with people that I want to strive to be I need to at least know how to incrementally get myself there you know salary wise yeah. as well and it's not as if you know, those doors are hard to open already. I think it's a revolution that's happening, right? Yeah. I think that, um, yes, we, so many of us think that it's still a secret and you should keep it to yourself. But I think the more that we are able to chip away at that. Young women say to me all the time, I want to be paid what I'm worth. And I'm like, how do you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Who determines that? Who sets the market? And I think it's a really complicated question to answer. But the secret to success is... Um, transparency. I love that. Um, it, it just kind of reminds me. So it's really interesting. Um, you know, as I've gotten closer to my fiance and just understanding more about his world and his life, just kind of how that transparency is so expected. Um, he'll get together with company with a with counterparts from other companies and they'll go to happy hour and they'll talk about their salary and their bonuses and what they're making. And it's a totally normal conversation, but exactly when a woman colleague asks you, it's just, it, it immediately kind of feels like a punch. Like you don't know if it's, it's something that's not normally talked about, but um, it's interesting. As I was listening to that chapter in your book, it reminded me um, there was a time not, in the, not long ago where, um, myself and two other women colleagues got together and we talked about it and we realized we're like, this is unfair. Like we found out that, you know, what we were getting paid, how long we've been places. And we actually were then able to like go to the executive and and make a case. But I mean, it was really collaborative and like, that's the kind of power that I think women can give to each other when they talk about things. So. Amen. Yeah. Um, So, you know, millennials are steering a lot of big change, um, as you can see in many different worlds. How do you think millennials um, and this, this level of transparency beyond, you know, the personal like changes within salary? How are they changing the world of policy and changing the world of business at large? So, I am so inspired by um, some millennial entrepreneurs who see a problem in their lives and figure out how to solve it. And so some of the women in the book, um, who are my, like my role models are Jen Hyman, who founded rent, uh, rent the runway, her co-founder, Jenny Fleiss, who was, um, who just left rent the runway to go work on, I think it's called code eight, which is a retail, um, incubator, um, for Walmart, so holy macaroni, what's going to come out of there? That's going to be amazing. Um, the Then the idea that they're solving problems that women have. Debbie Sterling, who founded Little Bits, you know, here's a way to talk to young women about 
engineering to make it make sense for them. Like what an amazing, what an amazing gift to the future. Um, Alexa Von Tobel, who founded LearnVest, um, who saw a new way for millennials to talk about their money and to save their money and to, and to think about their money. And so what I'm uh, inspired by, by this generation of millennial women, one, how supportive they are of each other, and two, how they're solving problems that I don't think anybody else in the world recognized. Like, I'm not convinced, you know, you think about like the giant department stores, right? Federated. Did Federated think, wow, we really have a customer who wants to have experience over ownership? I doubt it, right? But that, but that's what Jen and Jenny at Rent the Runway realized was most important among the women that they knew. Um, you know, why didn't Lego start figuring out that they needed to talk to girls more seriously about engineering and come up with toys for them? They didn't because this was a problem that Debbie saw in her own in her own backyard. And so um, I'm really inspired. Like these these are companies that are just at the beginning of their growth, founded by young, powerful women. And these are just some high-profile examples. I know that for every one of these, there are hundreds more of other young women who are starting their own businesses to solve their own problems. And I just couldn't be more inspired and couldn't be more grateful to be living in a world where millennial women are going to shape the future. Me too. Me too. I think it's um, not only inspiring, but it, it sets a new standard. You know, growing up, I there was always a, a traditional uh, method to like this is what you're gonna do, this is what you're gonna study, and now it's you know breaking those barriers and finding a problem that you see in the world or you see with a lot of people and going out and solving it. I agree. Well, one of the one of the key important pieces of the big life is it it is life on your own terms, right? It's not somebody else's idea of the way things should be. It's not having it all, which sounds so. Um, impossible um, and, and unfriendly. It's it's life on your own terms. And so much of that, young women have looked around and they see that the system is not built for them, not set up for them to succeed. And so they opt out and they find their own path. And it's not necessarily this old idea of, you know, um, uh, have your Manolo's propped on your desk in your corner office. Like that's such a dusty idea. Like you want to hustle, you want to build something, you want something new and meaningful that's going to have an impact on other women. That's the power of what's happening now. And that's the power of building the life on your own terms. That's what that means. I I agree. And, and on that same vein, when you're combining your own, you know, hustle and, and bringing it kind of to the masses and rallying, um, as you've been witnessing and probably participating in how millennials are coming together and marching and hashtagging and sharing, um, as a collective, what are some ways millennial men and women can positively affect the movement towards gender equality socially? and in the workplace. I love that you said men and women because it's not just a problem for women to fix. I agree. And uh, I actually started to do uh, some of my research with millennial men. And what I was amazed by, uh, and 
and so gratified by is that what they want out of life is not different than what millennial women want out of life. They want life on their own terms. They want to disrupt the status quo. They want to, they want to knock down dusty old ideas that don't serve them in business or in family life. And, and so in that way, millennial men and millennial women are so aligned in creating this future. Um, the, the other piece of it though, that can't be, um, understated is how important it is to find your voice and to use it and to continue to use it and to not get fatigued and to not get burned out and to find your tribe. I sat next to a woman, um, who was a brilliant, um, businesswoman and philanthropist and had done a lot of activism in her life. And she told me that she was burnt out and that she wasn't focused and that she couldn't, um, she couldn't make her message clear and heard anymore. And so she took a step back and she actually joined the women's resistance choir. Um, and she's spending her time and her activism singing with her sisterhood. And to me, that is just as powerful. She knows her soul needs it. And she is going back to find the core of her voice um, literally and yeah, yeah it's, it's, but she's all, but she's also surrounding herself with a tribe of women who see the world the way she sees the world and who want to work together, um, and that's the key, right? Your sisterhood is your power. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I um, kind of on that same vibe, vibe I should say of um, you mentioning tribe. I I remember the section in your book where there was a discussion of um, having your squad. Yeah, squad goals. Squad goals. That's not necessarily your homegirls. You know, no. it's, it's not necessarily the ones that you went to college with, high school with. And I thought that was so important and true because there is a separation of wanting to discuss, you know, I can go to my girlfriend and complain about my brother and my husband and all that crap. But then with my squad... I can be really focused and complain maybe about my office life or solving this problem that I'm not, I'm, I'm just not seeing it and you got to walk me through this with me. Um, they're the ones whose true. emails you answer first, right? They say, they're coming to you and they're saying, hey, does anybody know anybody at blah, 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 or like I'm having this crazy situation. Can you help me work through this? Yeah. And... Um, I do think, like, when you're, you grow up with the women who are your best friends, right? You go to college together, you hang out, you watch The Bachelor, like, those are, that's your, um, those are your best friends. But they're on their own journey. And sometimes they could be squad, right? But very often, they got to do their own thing. They have their own vision for their life. And they need to find their own people who are going to help them succeed and achieve. Which is not to say that you're not supportive, but maybe, but maybe you're going to, be in different directions but your squad is about your success and achievement and it's not that you're not friends with them you are right? right but and you care about them but these are the women who understand the nuances and the day-to-day of your business and who can help you crack the code yeah absolutely um that is really important i just i think about kind of um you know when you grow up when you grow up uh, you watch media where it kind of glorifies this like 
path of finding friends when you're in grade school and keeping those friends until you're gray, right? right. Um, but it, there really isn't a narrative that focuses on building that, that squad. So it's really important, I think, that you highlight that. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like I wouldn't have gotten really anywhere without these women. You know, I think one of the, one of the things, we're here in New York City, we're at the wing, right? Which is the ultimate of squad goals, right? Everybody here is helping each other achieve and succeed. So often I'm having conversations and somebody will lean over and say, hey, I heard you talking about blah, blah, blah. I would love to tell you about my experience. And um, not everybody has that, but everybody needs a squad. And so the piece of advice that I give when you are looking for those women who are going to help you achieve and succeed is to find a chick who you think is doing something interesting and show up for her, Mm. right? Like go to her Go to her events, help her set up a panel, say yes to having drinks with her, put together three other people that you think might be helpful to her. And you'll be amazed at when you show up for people, how quickly they will show up for you. And that is the, it sounds so simple. And yet that is the, um, it's not networking, right? It's not standing around with a glass of wine and saying like, Hey, I had a meeting with blah, blah, blah. It's about... It's about um, building relationships and connections. And the fastest, surest, best way to do that is to show up. That's such amazing advice. I, I love that. Just bringing value and not asking, but how you can help that person. Yes. Um, along those lines, what would you say, um, you know, what would you say is the most, if you could... If you could condense, you know, all of the research and all the things that you know um, on how to best guide millennials to be successful um, in the workplace, what would you, what would, you, what single piece of advice would you give them? Well, I think this is the piece of advice that helps you be successful at work, in your life, in your love life, in your family life, um, but to let go of the things that you should do and to focus on the things that are meaningful to you, because we spend so much of our lives being filled with ideas of the way things go that you need to um, you, by the time you're 30 you need to have the career sorted and the partnership sorted and the baby plan um, that you need to have money in the bank and experiences under your belt and it just doesn't work like that or that you that if you are a young ambitious woman you should be with a man who is equally ambitious and hungry maybe but maybe not. Um, and the, the world is full of possibilities. And the more we hang on to old, outdated ideas, other people's ideas of the way things should be, the more we're going to feel stuck and unable to reach the big life that we deserve. I love that. I feel like all, all the uh, like stars are aligning. And I, I keep hearing this... Um, message of kind of what you've said which is you know you can't have it all and I love it's like this you don't even want to you don't want it all it's like anti-all movement <laughs> right it is, it is an anti-all right. and it, it's so I'm expecting my first child congratulations thank you thank you it's, I know you've got that bump hidden under yeah. the table congratulations <laughs> concealing concealing no um thank you it's uh it's very interesting it's a very interesting time in my life right now because I you know for full transparency, I didn't necessarily think like kids would be in the cards for me. You know, I wasn't sure if that was going to be my journey, if that's, you know, even the road I wanted to go down. And then, you know, I met my husband and, 
we started growing in life together and it became something like, oh, this, this may be a possibility. And then came a surprise and it's, okay, I'm pregnant and this is what we're going to do. And so I think there is this thing that I'm working through in what is all for me. You know, it's not all based on some article. It's not all based on the way my parents did things. It's not all based on television shows that I love. Like, it's not, what is it for me? And what's going to make my heart sing? What's going to make me put my head down every single night and know, mm, that was a good day. You know, like, I, I gave it my all. And so I, I agree with you. I think um, it's all about making your choice and then living in your choice. And back to what we were saying earlier, where staying in your lane. You know, I almost see myself like as a horse with blinders on and like just doing it, running and running my course and doing what is right for me and all the other distractions. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's amazing. She just went to Capri or whatever. <laughs> Solid. I'm like, I would love to go. Not well, yet. I'll and tell you. Um, so I have two kids. Um, I have a five-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old. And I had no idea the ways in which my life would change. I really didn't. We, and my husband and I didn't have a lot of pre-planning of talking about how our lives would change. Um, and that's just what works for us. I frankly think pre-planning is a great idea. But I'll tell you this. The one thing that didn't change was my ambition and my drive to make my mark on the world and to continue the work that I was doing to help young women find their power. And um, it's, in fact, it feels even more urgent now um, because I have a daughter, and frankly because I have a son, that, that, my, that I wanna help shape a world that they're gonna live in. But it, this idea that, um, you know, there's, this, there's a sort of this thing floating around that when you have a child that you sort of float off into like mommy land and it's not, there's no ambition there, right? right? There's no drive, there's right. no hustle. Right. And that was not my experience at all. The hustle was there, the drive was there, the ambition was there. I was exhausted all the time <laughs> for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, but the ambition was still there. Yeah, and I think, I think it'll be there for me too. Um, okay, so we, as you know, as, at Burgundy Fox, we are about intimate apparel um, and feeling good in one's skin and enjoying one's body. Um, I would love to know what is your go-to kind of piece? Um, what's that piece that makes you feel good, makes you feel ready for the day? My piece of lingerie? Yeah. Oh. oh or man. loungewear or, you know. Oh my goodness. Um, I am a big fan of, um, slippers and a cashmere robe. Like I, <laughs> it. and it's not, I don't know if it's necessary. It's not so much my morning idea. Cause I have this lovely cashmere robe that I don't want to get makeup on, but it's my Saturday morning mm -hmm. and it's my Sunday. It's my Sunday morning. And frankly, sometimes it's my Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that cozy. I love that coziness and the comfort of it. Um, my kids like to cuddle with me when I'm wearing it. So, um, that's my, that's my, um, it's almost like self-care in a way. Yeah, that's perfect. That's really sweet. That just made me really warm and fuzzy. I know. Yes. Oh, I just imagine like, oh, that. Yeah. That feels really good. <laughs> um, 
And then my my last question, um, what does loving and celebrating your body mean to you? It means listening to my body. When does it need exercise? When does it need um, lasagna? When does it need um, more water, less wine? Um, And when I listen to my body, it can sometimes listen to me. I'm like, hey, girl, you got to pull it together. We got a long day ahead. We've got three speeches to give in the next four days. And you've got to be there for me and make your voice strong and your breath strong. Um, I do um, I do Pilates, um, which has been a real gift um, for helping me find strength that I didn't know I had, and frankly, muscles I didn't know I had, and breathing that I didn't know I was capable of controlling in that way. Um, I used to love Soul Cycle, and I thought, and I got a lot of energy and spirit from there. But the way that I honor my body is to is to listen to it, and to and honestly not obsess about its shape. Like there's no weighing myself. There's no, um, you know, if the jeans don't fit, if the skirt doesn't look good today, okay, I'm not wearing those jeans. I'm not wearing that skirt. Like that's how it goes. Right. Or sometimes I'm like, wow, I look really curvy in this skirt today. Okay. That's, we're doing that too. Right. That's, it's, it's, um, one of the things about getting older, um, and coming into my own sense of power is realizing that it has nothing to do with the shape of my body. And, um, and it's all about the strength of my voice and the energy that I bring. I love that. I know. It's so inspiring. <laughs> it's incredibly inspiring for all women to know. Well, thank you so much. Thank um, you. Where can we find you? Please find me at annshoquette.com. Um, uh, you can, um, there's links about the book, about the big life there. There are links to watch my Ted talk. You can just search me on YouTube, but please, I would, the Ted talk, um, why we should all be more millennial. It helps take so much of this conversation that we just had and, and share it with your mother, your boss, your mentor, um, because it's a message for women of all ages to stay young and hungry and ambitious. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Seamless. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Need help updating your underwear drawer? Let us do the work. We curate lingerie and underwear that's suited just for your body. We provide monthly and quarterly deliveries of premium products. Just head over to burgundyfox.com and subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at burgundyfoxco and feel free to DM or shoot us an email at hello at burgundyfox.com. And listen, take care of yourself today. Slow down and enjoy your coffee. Pick up a book that you've been dying to read or enjoy some time outside. You really do deserve it. Until next time, later guys.